Thanks for listening to this podcast of Bet MGM Tonight. Our show is live every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey radio stations around the country, odyssey.com, as well as the Odyssey app. Let's talk a little football and uh, forget about baseball for a little bit with Jason Logan. You can find his work with covers. Jason, thanks for joining us here on BetMGM tonight. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing all right. Good good on you guys for sweating this stuff out at, what is it, almost 1030 Eastern. I'm in bed, dude. <laughs> you, guys, you guys are the real MVPs, right? That's uh, it's, it's, good on you. It's a crazy world we're living in. Like, literally 1020 at night. I'm like, oh, my gosh, somebody put a hand up on Peyton Pritchard in Summer League. Like, it's it's that kind of night. We're, we're actually kind of ridiculous for this. Yeah, that's when we start to get uh, weird with the summer league stuff. Yes. <laughs> no, no. This is usually my this is like my, my warm up time for NFL. I bet a little bit here and there, and, and sprinkle some preseason in, and maybe maybe some WNBA and stuff like that. But nice. No, you you, get, you guys are the real heroes. Love to hear that. So let's start uh, with the preseason. Anything you like for week two? I mean, unders are the trend. Obviously, I'm probably going to continue to hammer any uh, total which is over 37 and a half. I'm looking even on Thursday night Patriots Eagles. That totals 38 and a half over at BetMGM. Before we dip into any futures or regular season plays, anything that you do like for the preseason week two or any tips on how to bet the preseason week number two is we'll probably see a couple more starters this week, I would figure. Yeah, and especially with them shrinking the preseason down to three games. Yeah. Um, you know, week three was generally that dress rehearsal week, and now it's probably going to be week two, uh, depending on where these teams sit, depending on how new the coaches are, the coordinators are. Um, week three could kind of be that who knows who's going to play type thing. And then they do have that, that buffer between the end of the preseason and, and, and week one of the regular season. Now uh, I, I, I haven't put anything down yet in week two with preseason. I'm really like the last 24 hours focused because that's when you're going to get the best tidbits from the coaches staff. That's when the coordinators are going to tell you exactly what they're going to do and who's going to do it, how much the starters are going to play. And even now though, it's still, uh, you know, you still get some tricky information. You saw Arizona last week. It, you know, King, Kingsbury was was boasting all week that the starters were going to play and Kyler Murray was going to play, and everyone was loving Arizona. And then all of a sudden, right before game time, none of the starters are playing. We saw that line dip. I think it was might have been two, two and a half went down to one, one and a half, things like that. Uh, but uh, as far as this week, you know, I, I, it's just really digging into like what is the next stage for coaching plans. What is the next stage for players and growth within those players. And they've seen a lot of crazy line movement out there too. I believe that the Jets green day uh, line kind of did a 180. Uh, we saw a lot of people buying into to Chicago with fields on the field. I think that was like Chicago minus two with up to minus five at some places. Now um, the preseason is one of, and, and some people poo poo steam chasing, uh, but the preseason, if, if, if you're into it, it's a great time to go chase those line movements and, and see when a line is starting to run and, and get on board before it changes too much, because, Generally, with preseason, it's shark-infested water. It's you know, it's the sharps and it's the well-informed that are betting these these preseason games. So, you brought uh, up don't be don't be a, don't be afraid to you know jump on the back of that smart opinion. Yeah, you brought up two games I was actually looking at. So the Bears are now five-point favorites at home against the Bills, and you would expect after that performance from Justin Fields, we'll probably see a little bit more of him. And then uh, with the Packers, they're now two-and-a-half-point dogs at Lambeau Field, and the Jets have said that Zach Wilson's going to play more, and Jordan Love is now probably going to be with with the shoulder injury. We don't know if we're going to see him. Do you think that's why we're seeing that line movement right there because of the quarterbacks, or what do you think? Uh, what do you take into well, account uh, there? Obviously, your quarterbacks are going to dictate – 
most, you know, they, they dictate how the line is set and they're going to dictate the line movement, especially in preseason when you know who's rolling out. I think a lot of people are, are kind of uh, buying into what Robert Sala is doing with the Jets. He, obviously, the guy who can give them a rah-rah cheerleader on the sideline. Uh, and Wilson did look pretty good uh, early on, but it's, you know, Green Bay, you're probably not going to see Aaron Rodgers. And if they're digging into three and four in the depth chart, QB, I don't think I can even name who's three and four on the depth chart. Kurt right Banker. Now, so. <laughs> but... <laughs> I'm pretty sure he sells my sells me car insurance. Yeah, so, he's, uh, he's 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 he, he will be in a couple weeks here if he if he hasn't before. Yeah. He took my order at Olive Garden last summer. <laughs> really nice guy. Yeah, yeah, kept the bread coming, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Jason, uh, we've been asking all our football guests this. You spoke about Justin Fields and kind of like the overreaction because of his performance, or maybe. Maybe a uh, appropriate reaction. We know. Uh, who knows? Uh, do you have any overreactions that you support after week one? And uh, I know you're not in the business of uh, reacting too heavily one way or, or another, but anything that really stuck out to you after week one of preseason football, player, team, or uh, taunting rules that should be eliminated from the NFL? <laughs> I know. Let the guys have a little bit of fun, right? At least, uh, you know, bring, bring some dancing back and allow the defensive guys to dance after they make a good sack or, or a hard hit or something like that. No, I uh, honestly, no real knee-jerk reactions. I mean, outside of, of, you know, when you see maybe some cluster injuries show up for some teams, uh, keeping an eye on that and how it could impact if it rolls into to week one of the regular season. But not too much uh, in terms of week one. You know, I'll, take, I'll take a closer look at some of the new coordinators out there. Uh, some of these teams that have done a full coaching overhaul uh, but you know, week I think, like I said, I think week two, week three, we're going to get a better idea of what these teams look like. So week week one is a little touch and go. Now I love I love the overreactions after week one of the regular season. That's some of my favorite stuff to bet. Oh yeah, is week two and week three when people are you know you know two losses in, uh, people think the sky is falling, and you can jump on those sort of things. But uh, you know when you see those big line movements in preseason games, generally books are going to set these things at three or around three. And when you see a line go through two and go through three and up to five, based on simply a rookie quarterback, that's you know he had some shining moments in that game and he had some rookie quarterback moments in that game. Um, You know, I I think that's something that you may want to play against as that line continues to climb. Absolutely, and let's take a quick transition over here to the futures. Let's start with NFL MVP. Do you have any picks that you have already made? What kind of goes into your process of making your futures and also um, any value pick in the MVP race for you? Yeah, so I'll be honest with you. I don't like futures. I don't. Nice. Um, One is just like I don't want to tie up that money for that long, especially with like MVP and season win total stuff, things like that. If there's a few things that jump out quickly at me or if I can kind of, if there's a big injury and you can jump on it and all of a sudden say, oh, start betting under on Indianapolis Colts season win total, things like that. Right. Uh, absolutely. If there's blood in the water, I'm going to go after it. Um, but generally for futures, because they are just such a high hold for the book and, you know, yeah, there's a few times where I've hit MVP futures before. Cam Newton was one that I had there. Yeah. Uh, well, that was a long time ago now. But... <laughs> Uh, but I, I will say, I will say one that I do have pegged, and maybe it's a homer in me because I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. But I do like Dak Prescott, and especially now that his price has gone up with a shoulder injury. Um, you know, he's he's a runaway favorite to win Comeback Player of the Year. I think he's like the second overall favorite to lead the league in passing. Yeah. And you know, if those are two things that he's going to check off on his resume for 2021, MVP is probably going to be there. And if you look at the, the offense that's around him, I mean, uh, try to find a, a, a better receiving core in the entire NFL. 
And then you have a guy like Ezekiel Elliott, who's kind of blossomed as a pass catcher over the last few years as well, too. Um, you know, as long as that offensive line comes back healthy and is steady, and you know, you got the Martin looks like he's good to go, Leo Collins, and as long as Tyron Smith reacts to uh, well to that back surgery, he's got the team to do it. And with the defense being so piss poor in Dallas, Dak's probably going to have to throw a lot because they're going to have to win games like thirty to twenty nine. So I do, I do like Prescott. He was he was plus uh, plus fifteen hundred um, just a few weeks ago, and then with the shoulder issue there he jumped up to plus 2000 so uh, maybe a little extra kick of value in with him there i know people are a little tentative about the shoulder but i mean dallas cowboys own probably seven mri machines so um you know i'm sure jerry jones is getting mris on hangnails so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna overreact to it too much you know what i mean i can't wait until hard knocks comes out what 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 time does hard knocks come out tonight right now right now actually so i can't wait until something crazy happens in hard knocks where they they see dak like screaming in pain in the locker room for some reason and his price just goes up even more like i'm i think i've talked myself into the dallas cowboys and dak prescott i'm a washington football team fan covered the team uh grew up watching the team so that's a, a team that's close to my heart but Man, I how do you feel about the Dallas Cowboys winning the division? I, I I think it's an overreaction might be how people are looking at Dak Prescott just because it's the Cowboys, such a high-profile team. I think if he's healthy, he looks good, and his competitive nature coming back, and I think they've improved all over the field, I might take them to win the division, even though I'm a huge Washington football team guy. Yeah, so they, they were plus 140 uh, about two weeks ago to win the division, which I, at the time I was like, you know what, it it's a wishy-washy division. You never know. And I think, I don't know what the exact record is now, but it seems every year it's just revolving door, a different guy wins or a different team wins the division. Now they're up to plus 175. And obviously, obviously it's all reaction to the Dak uh, shoulder injury or ailment or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I mean, with Washington, how far is Fitz going to get them? Uh, there's going to be times where he needs to make plays and he, sometimes he's great at that. And sometimes he's just got awful at that. The giants just aren't going to be there. And I think the Eagles because of their coaching turnover are going to really start slow. They have a really hard start to the season and then it's going to lighten up. But I, I just think they're going to be playing from behind um, come the, you know, the, come the fall. I don't think they're going to be able to catch up in that division race. I'm looking to bet on the Eagles later on in the year, but in terms of a, of a division winner, I think the Cowboys have to be the clear front runner there. And you're getting plus money on them, plus 175 right now at, at, at some places, which is a pretty fantastic return if Dak stays healthy. Jason, anything that you've played so far is win totals, division winners, anything that you have played, or even any week one bets that you have here in the next uh, couple minutes that we got you on for? Yeah, sure. So I did, I did like I said, uh, blood in the water with the Colts. Yeah. Um, I did jump on the on the Seahawks there when they were plus two and a half. Um, and it's funny enough, I had bet the under 52 in that game before the Carson Wentz injury came out. Um, just knowing that you had, uh, you know, a new quarterback and you have a new coordinator for Seattle. Um, and speaking of Seattle, I'm not very high on the Seahawks this year. I, I do have their under nine and a half wins. It was at plus 110. Wow. Um, yeah, it's tough division. You know, it's, it's a very tough division, but if you look at that Seahawks team, um, you know, they, they're just one of these teams that just seems to squeak out wins all the time. And, and I just I have a tough time buying into them. Um, they just have so many of these close games that, you know, they just shouldn't win, but they do. And a lot of it is just on Russell Wilson. Um, so I, I am going the under nine and a half wins with them. I, I'm a little higher on Arizona, I think, than some plays. Some people are. 
And uh, San Francisco is going to be tough, especially if, if they can figure out that QB situation. So that, that division is just a, it's a climb for everybody. Um, and I did take the Bears under seven and a half wins too, which uh, you know, there's a lot of Bears fans out there that gave me crap for this. But you have Andy Dalton, you have Nick Foles, and then you have a rookie in Justin Fields, who's as, as good as he could be, is still a rookie quarterback. And these guys run like a murderer's row of defenses out there. And you have the Rams, Browns, Bucks, Steelers, 49ers, and Ravens all right out of the gate. And those are all defenses that are kind of ranked top 10, top 11 in the league right now. And then you still have like games against Minnesota who are, who are projected to be one of the better defensive teams and, and games against Arizona who are very, very aggressive. So, um, you know, I, I think there's some bright spots there for the Bears. I think if their defense can be disruptive like they were back in 2018 and take it back to that Vic Fangio kind of style of defense, I think they have a shot, but the defense is going to have to step up. But I, I, I just don't see them getting over uh, the seven and a half points. Jason, thanks so much for uh, jumping on with us, man. We're going to have to have you on again when the season officially starts. Absolutely, guys. I'll have to put the coffee on, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Maybe we'll get you on a little earlier next time. That's Jason Logan. You can find him <laughs> on Twitter. You, covers J-Lo. You can find his work with Covers. Uh, he's on Twitter, like I said, Covers J-Lo. And uh, does not like the Bears to go over their win total. I'm with him with Seattle because I think that it's Russ Wilson um, and a bunch of dudes, really. I mean, I like his weapons, but I don't like that offensive line. Tyler Lockett I like his DK weapons. Metcalf a a couple of dudes. Those are physical. Well, DK's defensive a physical side of the ball. Specimen. Defensive side of the ball. They can't stop a bloody Defense nose. Defense is overrated in the NBA. I mean, in the NFL.